Welcome to the Linsanity, a podcast for the Running Hook Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Linsanity Podcast, part of the Running Hook Podcast Network. And before uh, we get into uh, this this delightful podcast and this exciting uh, stretch of pods that Bryce and I are about to do, uh, you know, there's plenty of content available uh, with the Power Hour discussing the playoffs and just kind of how things are rolling up, how we have the series that we have, uh, you know, in, in terms of uh, these four teams and, and how things will settle itself. And, you know, after that, we've got plenty of content coming from the Circle City Cinema. Uh, you know, Bryce is basically pulling a hard and forcing the veto. Uh, he's he's basically trying to figure out his figure his way out. Uh, he's already planning, methodically planning his way to become the Circle City Cinema main guide. But uh, they they are put they are they are they are putting out some good pods. There's no question about it. Uh, they're they're continuing to uh, put that out there. And who knows, you might be seeing me on one here should if you're soon. And uh, you know, I, I'm excited to you know really dig into this pod Bryce because we've got a lot we want to talk about there's a lot of things that's been happening in the playoffs the draft lottery and then you know we also want to start throwing some NFL coverage back in and, and we didn't really want to jump and, and and to explain kind of what Bryce and I wanted to do we we didn't want to be the person who just fell for the evergreen of let's just drop you know NFL draft pods because 2000 people are <laughs> we and, and that's that's all this is. And, you know, we can give you, uh, to be honest, a simply more educated response uh, by 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 doing it the way and the style of which we want to do it. Uh, we've, we've been able to really dig in. We've been able to really have time to sit there, evaluate these picks, evaluate what these teams are going to do and, and how we feel about them and how we feel about these, you know, the offseason that these teams are having. So, Bryce, I'm really excited about this. I'm excited about what we're going to do. We're still going to help with NBA, but to be able to throw in some other stuff, I think is going to be really good. Absolutely, man. I mean, we got we got to stay mixed up. We got to keep you on your toes. We can't let you know our next move. Yes. So this is going to be good. This is going to be great. I agree. I agree. And and without further ado, I mean, let's just jump into these playoff series. Uh, you know, let I'll let's just get it over with. Uh, the Warriors beat the That's Warriors right. beat the Grizzlies. That's and, right. And uh, you know, here's the thing: I like the Warriors, but when you have Bryce Shaddy as your co-host, sometimes it's a pain uh, to sit there and yeah. talk Warriors with someone because of how how much yeah. of a pain he is. He's a yeah, pain gone. in the ass. Gone. Bryce, what are your what are your thoughts on the Golden State Warriors moving on uh in six games? Which by the way, it should have been a five-game series, but you know, whatever. And okay. here they are moving into the Western Conference Finals, playing right now at this moment against a team we'll talk about a little later. I mean, I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked, Caleb Lynn. You know, I'm not. Uh, My Warriors are destined to get back to the top and um, they they handled their business against Memphis. Don't give me the crap about they didn't have John Morant. They were 20 and five without John Morant. So what are they going to say? Nothing. My Warriors came through. Uh, Clay Thompson came through with a vintage game six. Clay performance done deal. Now they're here in the Western Conference Finals taking on uh, the the Dallas Lucas. 
because it's only Luka Doncic on that team oh, stop that's going to carry them. Stop it. Stop so it, the, stop the Dallas Lucas oh, is my, what they're playing. Oh my god. Oh my god. How are you going to how are you going to sit there and say no? Cuz it's true. Cuz it's true. Warriors. No, let's start with the Warriors. The fact that you're going to sit there and say that that John Morant being Matt out doesn't impact this series is atrocious. Just like just like, you know, your co-host over at the cinema has repeatedly said multiple times to you, and I'm bringing it into the light. They can literally not go a playoffs without getting some bailout injury. This is exactly what that was. Okay. Okay. You cannot sit okay. here and tell me that John ja Morant back okay. in the series is not changing anything. And when, when I'm looking at the Golden State Warriors, they didn't put them away. They didn't put them away. This was a team that let them slide and slide. And this is a team, Bryce, that, you know, you've sat there and, and, and said Steph Curry is one of the greatest players of all time. And, he is. And Draymond Green's a great player. And, and, and Clay Thompson's just an amazing player. And, and then you got guys that, you know, maybe even, you know, maybe a couple, maybe three guys without John Moran, maybe two guys without John Moran are top 100 players. And you're going to sit here and tell me that you don't care that the best player on that, that Memphis Grizzly team is out. They, they said, they said, they said, Hey, we're not ducking no smoke. We're going to run up the chimney. Okay. Well, then it shouldn't matter. Why are we, why are we discounting this? Why are we discounting the Warriors winning? Why are we discounting? No, this is, we're, we're discounting the overall reputation that you believe that they have. Which is you? As far as I'm concerned, you believe they're just untouchable. You you think the Warriors are completely and totally? I mean, they're they're gonna be they're gonna beat the Mavericks, no problem. I I respectfully disagree with that. I I like okay. I like I, I you're sitting okay. there you're sitting there just acting like every team is just a snooze fest to them. And the fact is, they haven't even been playing all that great, and you're still gonna sit there and just kiss up to them. Yeah, they're, they're not even are. playing that great, and and they're in the Western Conference Finals. What does that tell you? That they got bailed out by injury. Okay. Okay. Because because it would have been nice to to the you know the second and third best players on Denver. It would have been nice to have the best player in Memphis for the most of the series. It would have been nice. Okay. Would have been nice for those teams. Okay. Different outcomes. It may, 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 may okay. Which, by the way, I've been right. I've been right about the Nuggets as well. They're never even going to get close no, you, to no, the you're title. Not. No, you're not. No, you're not. I am right. No, you're not. Because I am right. You said you said you're sitting all you're, you're sitting and you're saying all this and, and you're talking about Nikola Jokic, who's a top five NBA player without the co-stars that they have. With the end, the co-stars are a different team. You, you Come on. You know this. And getting your top three is important. And he, he didn't have his, his, his second guys. Just saying. I'm just saying. How do you see this series then? How do you see this series I don't playing see out? The series. Yes. How do you I see it? I honestly think that the Warriors have to win their first two games at home. Have to. Yes. Yes. Give me a break. Yes. Have, they to? have to. They have to. Why do they, they have, have to. to? Dallas is splitting. See, and if Dallas splits, you're saying they're, they're, they're you're great s- at home. You're they're saying American Airlines Arena isn't it is it is not winnable. No, or whatever it's called it's not now. Winnable. No, no, no. I'm not saying it's not winnable. I'm saying the Warriors, in order to set the tone that they need to set in this series, they have to win two games at home. They have to. Okay. Okay. You got to start out. You got to start off winning two games. And, and I'm not saying they can't go squeak one out at American Airlines. 
But I'm not trying to do that if I'm if I'm the Warriors. I'm trying to set the tone. Okay, all right, all right. I'm trying fine, to let fine, off Caleb. because they let off. They let off. They let off against the Grizzlies. They let off. That all should right, have been Caleb. a five game series. Okay, okay, Caleb. Let's do this then. Let's let's use your own method. Okay, give me your top five players in this series. Rank them one through five. So, uh, personally, number one, Luka Doncic. Yes. I'm not going to fight you on wow. that. Wow. Really? I definitely thought yeah. you were going to go Curry. Number the way one. he's okay. playing. The way he's playing. Okay, fair. Luka, Luka number one. Uh, Curry, number two. Um, I will go uh, Draymond, number three. Wow, Draymond three. I will have Draymond number three, and wow. this is where you and I are about to get different. That's okay. Uh, I'm going to have Jalen Brunson at number four and oh, Benny God. Smith at number five. Whatever. You're just saying that, bro. No, you no, don't even no, believe no, that. You no, can't no. even look me in the eye and believe. You don't believe no, that. No, no, no. Can I tell you why? You don't believe that for a second. You don't believe that. Let me tell you why. All right, fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're, you're talking to, you, right now. Right now, the guys you would put in that list. You would put you would put in a what you put in a Clay Thompson. I'm assuming you're a putting Clay, Clay Thompson, Thompson or a pool. Okay, but so one of those guys, one of those guys, you would keep in that list, wouldn't you? Or are you putting both in that list and not? No, I'm putting. I'm I'm keeping Brunson. Finney Smith doesn't get anywhere close to the top five. But why is Clay? Clay? Yes, because he can go yes. off at any point. I mean, what what have we seen that? We've seen, we've yes. seen, we've seen, no, come on. Last he's series. Pressing, he's, he's, pre, he's pressing, he's pressing way too much. He's what? pressing way too much. He's, he's pressing too much. He's had too many. He's had, he, he, I looked it up the other day, setting up research for this pot. Three games, complete MIA. Three games, he comes out, he, he has decent performances. Um, There's absolutely no consistency with Clay Thompson right now. There's none. There's none. Come on. Man, I'm more, if you said Jordan Poole, I wouldn't even hate you for that. I honestly that, wouldn't even hate you. I would take, I would, right now, I would take Poole over Thompson. Poole over, over Thompson? Okay, fine. Fine. But because he's I, averaging, he's averaging 20 points a game. And he can't defend. He can't oh defend. Oh, my. And a, he, he can't defend. He has a chance. He has a chance to be able to redeem himself. He has a chance to be able to redeem himself, put himself back where he can be. But right now he has not had a, he has not had a great playoffs. I'm tired of that logic. He has not had a great playoffs. Not a great playoffs. He's no, averaged he's twenty a points playoff. a game in the playoffs. No, you 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 would sit there and tell me that sometimes when it comes to twenty points or when it comes to certain points, you believe that those are empty stats. I he shot he shot fifty percent in the first series against Denver. He shot forty one percent against the Grizzlies. What do you mean? He's had he's had three games, three big explosive games oh my in these series um uh, nine for 19 he's played nine 11 games he's played 11 games in the playoffs five for 19 six for 19 six of 20 oh my seven gosh. of 20 i'm just saying like, this I'm is this is this. this is foolish no, how dare not. you slander the clay thompson name you no, will you will you will rue the day no, no, that you I can... slander Cause I can tell you why I can tell you why I'm, I can tell you why you think I'm going this way. I can tell you why you think sure. I'm doing this. You think I'm doing this because you, you don't think I, I believe he's good. I'm saying, I know what he's able to be and I'm disappointed. He's pressing. This is not a guy that I know. I'm just, it's just not. 
fine, he's not fine. playing. He's not playing like the guy that he he should be, and that's and that's not a shot. It's not a knock. It's not a hate. He's not playing like he should. What what's your prediction? Give me give me your prediction. God. Yeah, exactly. Because you, because you're gonna pick the Warriors because you you know the Warriors are gonna win, and you don't want to pick them because you just made an argument yeah. against them. Don't yeah. give me that crap. Warriors in seven. The Warriors in seven. That's right. No, give me Warriors in six. <laughs> give me the Warriors in six. I, I just, I, you just you can't I have. I genuinely want to pick Dallas. Like I do. I just you think. Can't do I just it. think it's can't some, do it. I know. I. Can't. You can't do it. You can't do it. And here's why. But but here's why you can't do it though, because you got because you get these zero games from from some of these guys so often, right? Bertans, you know, he comes off the bench. He's garbage sometimes. Powell, you, you don't get a lot from him. Uh, if Kleba's not hitting threes, you're in trouble. If Finney Smith isn't hitting threes, he is an offensive liability. Yeah, he might be good defensively, but offensively, you get absolutely nothing. Everything falls on Luca, and and that's where you're going to get into trouble. I trust Poole, Wiggins, Thompson, right? I know what I'm going to get from Thompson. I'm going to get 20 points a game. I know what I'm going to get from Curry. I'm going to get 25 a game. I know what I'm going to get from Draymond Green uh, with his playmaking. Usually I know what I'm going to get from Poole and and Wiggins. Like, I trust those guys more than I do the Dallas Mavericks roster. Now, now, Tim Hardaway was playing in in this series. Things might be a little bit different. I might say Warriors in seven. Or maybe they win. Wow. Really? You think you think he'd make you think he'd make that much of a difference? P- potentially. Potentially. Wow. I mean, think wow. about it. Like, that's big for you, though. It, You're a big Warriors fan. But, but I mean, some of these some of these losses that the Mavericks have had, right? I mean, go look at the the when they got blown off the court by the Suns. Yeah. They got absolutely no offense from anyone except Luca and Brunson. Right. Yeah. Dinwiddie is starting to come on. I don't know if that's sustainable or not because it's Dinwiddie. But, I mean, it's possible. But I still like the Warriors in six. I mean, either way, I mean, I don't know. If you're Dallas, you got nothing angry ahead of time. You got a 23-year-old superstar. No, they're probably a, they're probably but ahead I, of schedule with a first-year coach. They really they really are. Jason Kidd has been amazing. And he has made Zach Griffith eat it. Oh gosh, yeah. He, he, he refuses Zach, to accept it. Yeah, he Zach he, definitely needs to write a paragraph. No, he, he won't and, do it and submit it and put it into Linsanity. Or he, he needs to come it. on Linsanity and and I might throw a curveball at Jason Kidd at him. Maybe. No, he won't do it because I've talked to him about that. I say you need you have to acknowledge what Jason Kidd has done. He absolutely does. I mean, what Kidd's been doing is awesome. It's awesome. I don't it's know. Just we'll saying. But, you know, Dallas was able to take care of business against the Suns. That's how we got to the series that we're talking about. Um, oh, Lord. Bryce, I mean, we, we I, I want to make sure we balance it out, right? Because I do think Dallas played a terrific series and, and I want to and you talked about the impact that they have and what it could mean in the next series. But, um, man, I've never seen a two-year window like this just fall apart. Because, you know, you got your big man, you got your big man maybe wanting to leave. You know, Chris Paul didn't play great. Booker didn't play great. Really, none of you guys played great. What's next for the Phoenix Suns? I guess that's my question for you. I mean, before before I get to that, 
I don't think I've ever seen a shellacking like I saw in game seven on Sunday night with the Phoenix Suns. But this was always, I don't know, this is always kind of my worry before, right? I felt like some of the guys that you rely on offensively, like if they don't play well, do you have other guys that you can rely on to carry your scoring? Right. And I don't think Bridges is there. No. Um, Crowder, Crowder is what Crowder is. Yeah. He's not, yeah. not going to turn out to be something different. No. Um, you know, there has been questions about DeAndre Ayton's, you know, consistency. And, the, and that showed. That absolutely showed. I mean, I think what's next is, I guess you got to figure out what you're doing with Aiden. Are you going to pay him or not? Are you going to bring in a, another guy uh, that, that will want to play with you? Um, you know, I, we're, we're going to talk free agency uh, probably in the next couple of weeks yeah. uh, concerning the, the NBA. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you need another score. I, I don't know that that's the answer. I, I agree. But but where do you where does where does another score fit onto the roster? I guess. I mean, maybe you just need to develop a, a, a guy like Mikhail Bridges more. And like, hope all right, that he's your third score. Yeah, I mean, because looking at looking at the free agents that are coming up, um, I mean, Zach Levine is probably one of the biggest ones because he's a, he's an unrestricted free agent. But where does he fit on that roster? I don't think he does. And where's the money? Right. I mean, that, that's the it. thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe you use the money that you were going to use on Aiton potentially, and you rock with you know a B level center. I, I don't. I I don't I, know. I agree. But if you're, if you're yes, if you're going to get rid of Aiton, at least try to do a sign and trade. So 100. percent I mean, because 100%. if Aiton's going to, he's restricted free agent. He's going to yeah. get offers. Absolutely. And, and the Suns are going to have to make a decision whether they're going to match that or not. Um, if I'm a young up and coming team and even the team that you enjoy, I would consider that. I would consider that. Like he, he, you're for a lot of teams, he is worth max money. He is like well, that, the way we know. just throw contracts around. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, to me, he is, he is absolutely worth max money to up and coming teams. hundred percent. Right. I mean, you're telling me that the Mavericks couldn't use DeAndre Ayton right now. They would totally. I mean, it's just the, the thing for me is they have, but what what I agree with you, the Suns need to figure out what exactly they're going to want back, um, what how they are going to move forward. I think you have to get something at center, but I I, I definitely think a third punch is needed, and and I I think they need something, and it's got to be kind of it could be just an off the bench thing, you know, where a guy can come in play like twenty minutes a night for you, uh, and just find a way to put the ball in the hole, you know, like I think. Um, personally, when I, when I look at their lineup, when I look at, you know, what they could be, um, I, I would consider, I mean, we, we saw the roller coaster of campaign. We saw, it. <laughs> I mean, we saw, uh, and, and to me, if he was more consistent as a scorer, that's your guy. But he's just bailing. He's just, but he's just, you can't rely on him. You just, <laughs> you can't do it. I mean, that's, that's, 
Like I get it. Fine. He made me eat it last time. Fine. Whatever. But, the, but his, his roller coaster play for championship teams and the minutes he was playing for a team that has the caliber and, and the, in the desires that they have, he, he has got to be more consistent offensively. I think they can get a third punch. I'd like for them to get a third punch at guard. I think it would be interesting to see what that would look like. What are some guys that fit in there for them? And that's something that we'll dive into uh, later on. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And then, you know, out East, uh, you know, you know, Miami, Philly, uh, we talked about that series. Miami just basically clobbering their way. But Boston, my God, Boston and Milwaukee. And real quick, I'm, I do want to come out and have an opening statement uh, because, you know, apparently I've, I've heard multiple rumors that many, many Running Hook podcast members, members are ready to come at my neck. So let, let me be clear while saying this. I respect the Milwaukee Bucks. OK, I do. I respect them. I respect them a lot. So when I'm sitting there and I'm watching this series, Bryce, I'm sitting there like, wow, like crap. You know, if they keep playing like they have, you know, how's Boston going to stop it? You know, if Giannis is playing at the level that he's playing, the shooting is falling in the way that it's falling. How are they going to, how is Boston going to stop this? That was my thing. I've liked Boston. I've liked what they built. I love their coaching, but I'm respecting the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, like you were here, very like they, overreactive. Like, I was overreacting. I was because I cared about Boston. I was really liking that story. But I will say, I will say this. I will say this though, and this is a point I made, and I'm bringing it on the record. I don't even know if Bryce has heard me say this. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks just proved to me they just simply don't have a championship mentality. Period. They don't have a championship mentality. Miss miss me on the fact Middleton being back in the series. You're looking at a situation where, um, you know, I don't think it's going to switch anything. I don't think it's going to make a series a blowout. Uh, I think we're looking at seven games regardless. And, and it's just, that just is what it is. Okay. And, and in my opinion, Bryce, um, you know, I, I think Boston was great. They, they did exactly what they were supposed to do and, and take care of home goal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Heck of a game, by the way. Yes. Heck of a game. Um, you know, Boston started running away with it towards the end, but um, boy, Jason Tatum is, is that guy. He is that guy. I mean, just he matched shot after shot after shot um, in that game seven. I was thoroughly impressed. I mean, it, it was kind of like, okay, he's here. Like, like we've seen the flashes from Jason Tatum before, but then like that game, I was like, yeah, that's he, like he's here. He has arrived in, in the top tier of guys that we need to start talking about more. Unquestionably. Um, yes. And Jalen Brown played a heck of a game seven as well. I mean, all, all props to him is uh, too. So, uh, yeah, I mean, with the Bucks, I, you know, I've questioned their quote unquote big three. Um, I don't think they're a legitimate big three in this league. I think Giannis covers up so much because he's so, he's so unstoppable. He's again, I think he's the most unstoppable force since Shaq. Um, Two totally different styles, of course, but um, I mean, very unstoppable. 
But if, if you're able to just slow his momentum a little bit, um, like Al Horford did in this series, obviously it, anything, anyone can be beat. So, but turning towards the current series, we had game one last night, right, Caleb? Yes. Myself, you, and our colleague, Zach Griffith, we're all texting after the first half, praising Boston and Jason Tatum once again. Jason Tatum had an outstanding first half. And then, I mean, plain and simple, in the third quarter, Miami just took over. Jimmy Butler clamped down on defense. I think he had like three or like two or three steals that led to easy buckets at the other end. At one point, it was a 22 to two run to start off the third quarter. I mean, just complete and utter embarrassment from the Boston Celtics in the second half. They're outscored 39 to 14 in the third quarter. Absolute joke. Jason Tatum, uh, I mean, he showed up. Jalen Brown d- decided not to show up until the game was basically over in the fourth quarter. I mean, what do you make of this, Kayla? I mean, is, are you panic? Are, are you going to overreact to this? Are you panicking? Um, well, I'm learning my lessons, Bryce. It's like a kid when he gets punished at school. You do it one time, you're going to get, you know, maybe just a slap or something. And then the second time, if you do it again, you know, it'll get worse. But if you learn, you'll figure it out. Um, you know, Boston has shown that they, that game ones are not, whether I agree with or disagree with, it's not my opinion, but they're not worried about game ones. <laughs> they're not worried about game ones. They didn't, they didn't, they, they Long weren't series. worried about it in Milwaukee with the way that they handled it. They weren't worried. And, and they definitely were not worried about it against Miami. Miami did what they were supposed to do. Like, let's be very clear. It's not, I agree with you that it was a bad third quarter. Completely agree. Completely agree. But here is where Bryce, if Miami is going to win this series, something like this has to happen doesn't have to be these same guys, but if you can combine for, what is it? We got 28. If you could combine for 46 points from four guys with four guys scoring in double figures outside of Jimmy Butler, I think that's really hard for Boston to beat. Like, I think that's really hard. Yeah. And, I, and Miami didn't have that against Philly, the, the balance of that, where they had that many guys. Like, Jimmy, but I, I mean, I'm tired of having this narrative of like, Jimmy Butler doesn't get any respect. Jimmy Miller's a top 10 player. Jimmy Butler's a really good player. I don't, I'm tired of that. He did exactly what he does. He, he came out and had a great game and, and took it upon himself as a number one option to try to get this team a championship. But the killer for Miami has been, where are they getting? How are they going to get offense from other places? And in my opinion, Miami is not a team that needs a second option to come out of the woodworks. It, it needs three or four guys getting 10 plus points a game to win the series. And, and that's what they did. And if I'm Boston, that's my concern. Not Jimmy Butler getting 41 on me. That's no, my concern. No, let him because, get his. Because Jimmy Butler is going to get his. He is going to get his. It's not, it's not an if. He's going to. You can, though, limit Gabe Vincent from 17 points. You can limit, you know, 
Tyler Hero and make it a little more uncomfortable rather than getting 18 and 8. 18 and 8. He had eight rebounds. Brian's eight rebounds. Like, I mean, like you, those guys shouldn't be impacting the game in that significant of a way. Right. And that's that's where I think Boston's and I do think they're going to fix it. I'm a huge believer in the fact that I think Robert Williams is a very, very good player. And I think he'll, you know, eventually he'll get healthier and healthier by the end of the series. 100 percent smart, huge piece. He's going to play. I need a lot less Pritchard. And then I have. And then I think the other big thing is, you know, when Horford comes back, those minutes are going to be distributed in the right way. Um, I'm really not terrible. You know, I'm not too concerned. But I will say if Boston allows four guys outside of Jimmy Butler to get double-digit points every game, they will lose very early. Mm. Because Miami's problem has been balanced offensively, and they showed it in the credit. So. Who, do you, who do you got? Who you got? Uh, I do have Boston. I do have Boston. I, I, I How have many? Boston, I have Boston in six games. Wow. I have Boston in seven. Yeah, I mean, it's to me, to me, I think if they're going to win the series, they're going to win it at home. They're not going to win on the road, in, in my opinion. Yeah. So they better hope. So, like, if I'm them, I mean, I got to get game two. Like, I'm getting my guys back. I got to get game two. And then I, I'm just setting a tone from there. That's all. That's all. I, I, but, but, you know, seven, seven's not crazy. I, I just find seven to be really hard for them on the road. But, you know, they've been in big games. Um, next up, uh, you know, the NBA draft order came in. And, you know, we, we, we got to see who uh, will be looking at the top of the draft board, uh, who will be a team that uh, might rise up, sneak up the draft board. And the Orlando Magic landed the top Such six in this draft. And, you know, you know, look at the draft lottery, you just kind of look at what where things stand. And with the Magic being number one, Bryce, um, you know, I guess just what were your takeaways from the from the lottery, the order and, you know, all the fun stuff that comes with. So or the Orlando Magic have now picked number one four times. But, Caleb, their franchise has only existed since 1992. They've picked number one the most times out of any team in the league, and they haven't even existed like the for the entire existence of the NBA. To me, that's a joke. When are we going to stop rewarding garbage? You know, I mean, it, it's it, it's the same teams every year, and they squander their picks every single year. Case in point: Sam Presti and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Okay, you get all these lottery picks, you keep trading them for more picks. When are you actually going to get serious and draft and hang on to a guy that could be a franchise cornerstone? I don't understand. I agree with that. The Kings have been a basement franchise since they got screwed by Tim Donaghy. Squandered talent. Yeah. DeMarcus Cousins, Harrison Barnes. Some of that says some of it, okay, but some like the Marcus Cousins. That, that's a that's a tough situation, right? I mean, that, that's all. I guess. I mean, the Rockets. Now, now I blame I blame you know who I blame. Yeah, I know you do. You know I blame Daryl Morey for leaving that that franchise in poverty, basically putting all the chips in on one player and and leaving that franchise for dead. That's a joke. Well, I mean, here we are. Here we are. Um, congratulations to the Magic for ending Mo Bamba's career and drafting basically Mo Bamba Jr. and Chet Holmgren. 
who, in my opinion, is going to be a bust. Wow. Yeah, you can book that. Wow. You can book that. Wow. Wow. You can book that. So you're that. saying so you're saying that the, the magic are gonna blow it if they pick home good number. Absolutely, one. absolutely they are. Let me be very wow. clear. Let me let me oh. let me be very clear. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Palabin Bancaro is the best player in this draft. Everyone, what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing is it's between Chet and Jabari Smith. No, it should be between Paolo and Jabari. I think Jabari's got a very, very interesting skill set. I know we've talked about him before. There are shades of Kevin Durant in the way he plays. I'm not saying he is Kevin Durant. Everybody calm down. But Paolo Bancaro is the best player in this draft. He is the most NBA ready. If you want a franchise cornerstone player, you draft him, not Chet Holmgren. (laughs) <laughs> my pacers were screwed my pacers were screwed by getting the sixth pick i'm not gonna I'm really gonna lie i kind of agree we we were screwed the kings yep. uh, what a joke dude whatever so we get sixth our guy Jaden ivy is still it, it could still potentially be there yeah absolutely, absolutely. um I think for me, I think the, the risky, the, the most risky pick has got to be Shaden Sharp. Cause you just I don't agree. know. You, I, you, I agree you with don't that. know. I agree. He he's a, his talent levels through the roof. He's got great shot. He's developed so much since his senior last, you know, last year of high school, but I do find it a little, you know, concerning that, he's really not been on a whole lot of competitive action. And, you know, this wasn't a guy that was consistently the number one rated guy in his class. You know, we're talking about a guy that really just rose, 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 rose through the rankings. And I do think he needed to be on the court. Uh, You know, and, and with the stuff with Kentucky, he was not. Um, I think his talent level is really good. I, I like what he can bring. Uh, but, but at some point, you got to consider some of that stuff when you're looking to draft him. And, you know, when I, when I look at this draft board, you know, and I'm sitting there, you know, I, I, well, I, can't, I tried to think of it in a couple different ways, like what pick, like who should feel really good about where they landed, um, who has the most pressure with where they landed, uh, stuff like that. And I understand it's completely easy to say, like, well, yeah, Orlando has the most pressure. Duh, they have the number one pick. But I, I don't look at it like that. Um, to be honest with you, I, I think the Sacramento Kings have an, an insane amount of pressure on them to nail this draft pick. I mean, I think they are desperate. Yeah. I think they are desperate. They are desperate. This is not a team all these rumors of them trading down and trading for next year. Are you kidding me? I mean, are you kidding me, Bryce? Do we, do we realize how incompetent the King? And by the way, and by the way, you traded Sabonis. And, and Bryce, do you want to tell me what the goal was when they traded for Sabonis? I don't, I don't think they, had a goal. they wanted to make the plan. They wanted to make the plan. And they're not even close. So you're no. telling me that the Kings are just all of a sudden going to 180 and uh, go back to being where they wouldn't have wanted to be just recently? Which is a playing team? 
the, the Sacramento Kings need to nail this draft pick. They, they are under the most pressure to nail this draft pick. They're also under the most pressure to nail this draft pick because, in my opinion, they have to make a decision. They need to make if they're going to sit there and get rumor, rumor guard, they're going to pick a guard or they're going to pick something else. Well, okay, then what are you going to do with De'Aaron Fox? You're going to trade him? You're going to move off of him? I mean, I think a couple of teams will be calling his name if he's in, yeah, available. Oh, Somebody absolutely. will. Are you kidding me? So, 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 I mean, what are you, what are you going to do if you're Sacramento? I think that's a team that really uh, came to my mind uh, just in terms of, you know, how they're going to nail this draft. And then I, I agree with you on no Oklahoma City Thunder, Bryce. I think it's silly. I think their, their strategy is silly. And, and, and the reason it's silly is because they just refuse to draft. At some point, you have to understand. You, you've got to draft. At some yeah, what point, are you waiting it's for? It's not sustainable. Like, what you're doing is just going to be wasted. All the, your, your picks are going to be wasted because you can't use them all. You can't use them all. Yeah, they're clowns. So, I mean, it, it, to me, it, 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 it does not, I agree with you, it does not make any sense. Um, they need to get a guy here. Uh, they need to get a legit piece uh, to make some things look justifiable. If they go out, they get either or between Paolo, Jabari, or Chet, whatever. I think they'll be fine. They, they desperately need to get a talent in there. Um, that front court is so bad. And it's so bad. I think... There's probably at least six college front courts I would have taken over their front court last year. It was that bad. The Thunder, the Thunder front court was that bad. So at some point, you've got to address that. This is the draft to do that. Don't screw it up if you're Presty. I I think that this is a a, a draft rice full of high level top high level top talent in the top five. I think there's some interesting pieces there with Jabari and and Paolo. And then I think other than that, you know, I think the draft, the draft can, can potentially slide around like 13 to 15. We're not really going to see a very, I don't think we're going to see as near of a deep draft as we did this last season. Uh, I, I, I really don't. I think we're going to see, you know, some really nice players, but some guys just not really pan out. Um, it, you know, I, I would like to hear your thoughts. on that. I mean, I think, I think there's good players. I think there's a lot of good talent in this draft. I think there's only a few cornerstone pieces that are, you know, franchise altering, Hmm. but I think this is a pretty deep draft. I really do. Um, If I'm looking at it from the Pacers perspective, I'm nervous at number six because, you know, I don't know if I don't know if there's really going to be a cornerstone guy left and that's what we need. But if you look at this objectively, just the NBA, right, I'm very comfortable with with some of these guys that are here. I really am. Um, I mean, if you scroll down the list, I think Keegan Murray can be a, a solid piece. Um, for anyone that, that goes out and gets him, um, obviously Jaden Ivey, um, you know, guys like Kennedy Chandler, um, I mean, the, the list goes on, the list goes on and on. I think for a lot of these teams that are on the cusp of, of maybe competing for a title, um, if they snag one at one of these guys, um, can, can it make an immediate impact even off the bench or, or just as a starter? I agree with that. So I think this is a really solid draft class. I don't know how the top of the draft class is going to be viewed, um, but I, there's definitely going to be some guys that that can make some impact. I agree. For sure. I agree. There's a lot of guys that I think if you put them on the right team, you put it on an up-and-coming contender, it'd be really good. 
really, really, really good. Uh, guys that come to mind for that, Bryce, uh, I think Mark Williams would be a really nice piece for a contending team. I he agree. Was able to I does he give you Robert Williams vibes? Kind of. Yeah, really athletic. Like defensively? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's he just, he's got it. You know, the, the thing for him is just staying with his feet, but I love him. Uh, I think he'd be a great contender. He's, yeah, he'd be great. A guy like Tari Eason would be really good from LSU. Um, I think there's guys like, like you said, a Kennedy Chandler with really good value. That's pretty interesting. Christian Loco as a backup five man is pretty interesting. I, I there's There's players that are there that if you fall on the right place, you know, if they fall in the right places, they're really good. I think when you look at it from like a top 10 perspective, you know, there's a lot of shuffling the deck here. Um, and, I, and I'll be curious to see where teams go, because I do think this is a really good big man draft. And there's not a whole lot of those sometimes. Right. Well, it's mostly perimeter based question question for you. Oh, I have two questions. My first one is, when are we? So right now, ESPN has Trey Jackson Davis as the fifteenth best power forward in this draft. Do you know anything? Is he going back to school? I mean, I think I absolutely think he's going back to school. I mean, I think I, he should go back to school. Absolutely, I think he absolutely should go back to school. Um, I think you have a chance to be a national player of the year. I think you have a chance to put Indiana as a top 15 team in college basketball. And I think you have a really, really good chance to have a great season in the Big Ten if you come back. So, yes, I do. And I honestly think that his draft stock is not going to drop from this year uh, to next year. No, I don't think so. I think I he think, can only improve it. You know, I think he can. Right. It's exactly. He's going to stay the same. He's I totally play. agree. Yep. I, I totally agree. But I mean, back to your point with, with the, the big man draft, I mean, everyone's looking for that four spot, right? That somebody yeah. that can play the four spot yeah. that can stretch the floor, that can be yeah. a playmaker. Sort of. I, I feel like Draymond green is the, is the current prototype for that. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Like, like in, in terms of playmaking, right? Okay. Where you don't need him to be the main scorer. Uh, you just need really solid defense, somebody that can distribute, that can pass from that spot as another legitimate threat on the floor. Yeah. I see Jabari Smith and Van Carroll like that. I think Keegan yes. Murray can improve upon his passing, but I mean, he is a pure scorer. Yes, he is. Jeremy is uh, Jeremy uh, Sokan, or however you Sochan. say it. Yes. Yeah, Sochan is a really interesting. Uh, I, I think I think he's he's a bit of a project, but a project that can pay off. And then my guy EJ Liddell, who I think it, I agree with Bryce. That, that's a that's a perfect example of a guy that came back to school, worked on his yeah, craft. I agree, and I think is very draftable. I totally agree. Totally like, agree. It, like he's somebody somebody in these late in the later first round is going to get him at a steal. Absolutely a guy that can come in and, and can just play like he can give you a good 10 to 15 minutes and grow his minutes easily. A guy that can score, but can also play really hard defense Absolutely. rebounds extremely well. Yes. And I think is even a good passer. Yes. Yes. I'm I like Lid- oh, he's so, oh, man. That. He's going to be such a steal for whoever gets him. I, I agree. Like he, he, his skill set is a really good skill set for the current big man of today. He he's, he's going to be able to shoot. He's, he's, he's really doesn't have a whole lot of weaknesses in his game. Very stay still player. And, and, and I think if you're the, 
you know, if you're a team, again, if you're a contender, I think that's a great example of somebody that makes a lot of sense, who fits right where you want and can get you uh, high level minutes when it matters. And, you know, I do think that, you know, when a couple of these guys, I, I really think your big man point, I want to talk about it because I think it's really good. There, I agree with you. I think a lot of teams are trying to find a four. It's not that a five is bad. If you have a great five, I mean, you can keep that. And there is a chance that there are a couple great fives in this draft. Right? I mean, you have a, you know, you have a Chet Holmgren. You have a Jalen Duran that's getting projected in the top 10. Um, you know, you have some, you know, a, a Mark Williams. Uh, you, you have guys that could be really, really good fives. Uh, but the, the question for me is, is the four man. I agree with you. Um, and, and honestly, I, do, I don't think this is a great draft for them. I don't. I just don't think this is a really good draft for, you know, if you're trying to go for a four man. Um, I think Keegan Murray is a solid player, uh, but but I, I 100% agree with you. He's a scorer. He's going to have to adjust his game uh, because he, the fact of the matter is, like, I think in the Big Ten, and I've been a huge advocate of this, and I'm not backing off of it. In the Big Ten, it's the, it's the most physical conference in college basketball. I think you would agree. Mm-hmm. That. It's the most physical yep. conference in college basketball, but, but you're not for the most part, offensively, you're not really, the big 10 is not requiring super insane NBA level offense. If that makes any sense. Yeah, they're they're yeah. not, that's not because it, it's just so physical. So you're really, your goal in the big 10 is to be strong, physical, and smart with your play. And I understand that that seems simple and that sounds simple out of my mouth. It's not, but, but you, you have to be that in the big 10 you, in the sec. You're seeing the athleticism, the traits of, of, of gifted talent, or, you know, you go to some ACC schools, whatever there's natural giftings, my thing with my thing with Keegan Murray is I think he he really took a gigantic leap uh, at Iowa. I really don't know if he can take a gigantic leap again. I think a lot of people, Bryce, forget this was a guy that was not having a lot of minutes last year at Iowa before uh, they made it. And before, uh, you know, he was in these conversations for National Prayer of the Year. Keegan Murray was not the highlight of this team. Right. Luca Garza, what it was a physical, grueling team. It was not Keegan Murray was not even showing glimpses of this, I would argue, at Iowa two years ago. Um, I'm not trying to take away from what the guy's done, but I do question how much better can he really get after the huge step he just had. Right. Um, I mean, that's my thing. Like, I'm not super high on Keegan Murray. Like, I've been listening to 1070 the fan. And JMV is like super high on Keegan Murray for the Pacers. And I just don't see it. I don't think it fits what we what we need. If we're going to draft this high, which we don't do very often, we have to nail this. Like this is not something where you just draft a guy and be like, oh, yeah, he's going to be he's probably just going to be average. I mean, I guess you could say we have the cornerstone piece in Halliburton, but I, I don't think I don't think a point guard can be can be your cornerstone. Not in this league right now. You have to have a guy that's a do all. Wow. Hmm. You you can't do it because because I mean think about this right okay fine Halliburton's your guy okay he he's not the biggest guy in the world all right fine I'll put LeBron James yeah. on him mm-hmm. I'll put Draymond Green on him yeah more I'll put physical. Kevin Durant on him yeah I'll take him out of the game then yeah. what who are you going to lean on right right Luka right. Doncic is the exception 
Okay, uh, Luka, yes. Luka Doncic is a very tall is a taller point guard. Yes. He is a bigger point guard and what I mean I mean he's very wide. He's yep. he's very broad. That is uh-huh. the exception. Yep, I agree. Right? And again, Steph Curry is the exception. He does things that that we've never seen in this league before. Right. He has revolutionized the game for years to come. Yeah. Those guys are outliers. Sure. Right. Russell Westbrook can easily be taken out of the game. Well, he takes himself out of the game, essentially. Sure. I know. James Harden. Yeah. James Harden can be taken out of the game. And we saw that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think the point guard can be the cornerstone of your team. You have to have a four or a five or a three or a four. Potentially even two. That's your lead guy, period. So I, I think they got I, I miss me on Keegan Murray. I don't think he fits the bill here. I, I would be I, there. There's a couple of players I really like for them. And from my understanding, the Pacers are not. There's a list of players that potentially Indiana could be interested in. I don't believe I've seen these two players mentioned, uh, but Bryce, these are the two players that I would seriously look at um, in terms of what you're saying. Um I think I think Johnny Davis would be really good for them. See, I just feel like he's still one dimensional. Well, I think I think with with Johnny with Johnny, he's going to give you he's going to give you really smart. He's going to give you really smart scoring, disciplined player. He can get his bucket in many different ways. He's bigger, so he can play the three. And I think it gives Indiana uh, some flexibility. And I think his defense is awesome. So for me, if they're going to go wing, that's what, that's what I would do. And I agree with you. I do think that should be the goal. I would honestly look at a three or I would look at it or, or I would say, or, or I would really Bryce. Um, I would really embrace tanking. And what I mean by that is I, I would say, you know, miles, you've been with us for a really long time. Um, but, but I think we just really need to get younger. I just think we need to get younger. And, mm-hmm. and I think you open up the opportunity, uh, Bryce, to move off of him, potentially get some capital back or get you some depth or however the Pacers want. And, and honestly, a guy, I think that'd be really intriguing for Indiana as a pick and roll partner with Halliburton is Jalen Durant. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I, I think he would be a really good, uh, pick and roll partner. For Indiana. Now, obviously, there's some what ifs that have to happen. There's no question about that. You have to, the Pacers are not going to draft Jalen Durant if they have Miles Turner. But, but I, I do believe they, I, I agree with you. They're, they are, Halliburton is a great piece, but I absolutely think they have to compliment him in other ways. It's why I'm personally shocked at how many people are saying the Pacers are leaning towards a Jaden Ivey, a Benedict Mathurin. Not because I don't think those two guys are good. But is it really going to help Halliburton to have two guards or is it going to help him to have a wing or is it going to help him to have a big? And I believe the latter is more important for his development. And I, I agree with you, Bryce, 100 mm. percent. And, and when I'm looking at, you know, other teams, I, 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 you know, another one I, I was intrigued by uh, in terms of just kind of the way things stacked up is, you know, a lot of people are like, OK, well, what is Detroit going to do? Detroit, you know, Kate Cunningham, you know, really nice piece. They've got a lot of young guys. Well, 
some teams, Bryce, I honestly believe um, for the most part, there's teams in every lottery where you sit there and it's like, yeah, if you just get one of these players, you're fine. There's not like a huge concern because they're already on such a great track. Um, I really believe if you're Detroit, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I like Isaiah Stewart and I like their big men. Really curious to see if they would look into Jaden Ivey. Uh, I, I've been a huge believer in that, making Cade Cunningham and, and Ivy a tag team partnership. Um, Bryce, is there any, were there, were there a couple teams and like, you know, you're thinking, man, you know, it would be interesting if, if this team with this pick got this guy because he would give them something different that you believe would lead to, to better back. I mean, at the top, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the magic, you pretty much need everything. The thunder, you pretty much need everything. The rockets, you dang near need. I mean, the rockets, I think, I think you need to get off Christian Wood. I think you need to set that guy free based on what you're doing. You have Jalen Green. You have a good base. Kevin Porter, um, you got a good base at guard. I think a, a Paolo Bancaro makes a lot of sense. Like one, one of the I top three guys, what, one, like Paolo I I or agree. even Jabari Smith. I think that I makes agree. a lot of sense. I agree. Um, the Kings, I'm sorry, whoever gets drafted by the Kings. I, I mean, I, I, they literally need everything. Um, maybe that this is the year they set Harrison Barnes free. They got to get trapped. My gosh, they got to nail this draft. Holy cow. Yeah, Holy I mean. Cow. Holy cow. I mean, I don't feel like they nailed their coaching search, but I think that's what they're left with. I mean, I, me, me and Zach were talking about that. I mean, that, that's that's the reality, right? You're not going to yeah, get I, a guy like a Frank Vogel to come no, there I agree. and coach your team. Sorry. No. Um, I think the one, I mean, the one that sticks out to me the most is, is Paolo to, to the Rockets. I think it'd be, I think it'd be a lot of fun. I think that makes that, I think it makes that team instantly better. Right. No disrespect to, to Christian. What, you know, no, I don't no, know. What, I, I agree with you though. I agree with you though. Cause I please trade John Wall. I mean, you're, you're living in poverty. Yeah. Yes. And, and yes. John Wall is going to pick up that option. I think it's 44 million or 47. Yeah. I'd encourage him to do it. <laughs> To do nothing. I mean, it's a joke, dude. It's a joke. I, but I mean, that, that's my, that's probably mine. Yeah, fair. Uh, then we'll get into the NFL draft, which you know, again, like Bryce and I talked about for the show, we really wanted to be smart about how we went about our coverage. Uh, we didn't want to be just thrown into everything else, and uh, we wanted to be able to dive in, look at these picks, look at the fits, look at how. You know, this makes sense. And maybe first glance, we didn't like it. And then second glance, we love it. Um, you know, there's I think that kind of stuff is what uh, encouraged me, encouraged Rice to go about it this way. Um, so, so I want to start off with the AFC South. We'll go through diff- we'll go through every team uh, in each division. Uh, and, and so, Rice, I'll start off with I'll start off with your team. Um, I'll start off with the Pacers or sorry about the Pacers. What am I doing? Uh, the, the, the Colts here. And we, we switched you know, they, over. They didn't touch. They didn't touch. Um, they, um, you know, they, they didn't touch a first round pick. Everything they did was second round and below. Um, you know, they went out. Alec Pierce was their top pick. Johnny Woods, uh, just to name a couple for the, for the Colts. When you, when you look at this draft and you start piecing together, who's on this team? What, what goes through your mind? Did you like their draft? 
Would you have wished something different? Just curious to hear your thoughts. Oh, heck yeah, I loved our draft. I know you didn't like it, but I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. So we, we go out, we go get Matt Ryan. Okay, we got our quarterback. We go out, we get Stephon Gilmore, who's got plenty of ball left in him. I mean, you're kidding me, right? I love this. I love this. We needed a whiteout, so we went and got Alec Pierce, who's already impressing in camp. Um, a lot of media hype around him. Um, coaches love him. Uh, people outside of, of the organization love him. In fact, Lewis Riddick from ESPN is predicting that he's going to be offensive player of the year or rookie of the year. I mean, that's, that's a pretty tall, tall task, but I mean, is it certainly possible? Yeah. I mean, the, the kid's six, three, um, he, he goes up and he gets the ball. I think he's going to be a good weapon for them. Um, I mean, Ballard, Ballard had the second most athletic draft combined from all the players behind the Eagles. I mean, just look at his third round. He picked three people in the third round. He got Jelani Woods, a tight end out of Virginia, who's six foot seven. He drafted Ber, uh, Bernard Raymond, the offensive tackle from Central Michigan, six yeah. foot six, 303 pounds. Uh, it is definitely going to challenge for a tackle, the left tackle position this year. And then he got, and then he got speedy Nick Cross uh, out of Maryland um, to, to go with Kari Willis, Rodney McLeod, who he picked up in free agency, and Julian Blackman, who's coming off an injury. I absolutely love this draft. He addressed uh, our main needs, our main concerns that we needed. Wide receiver, offensive tackle, and tight end. It's undeniable, Caleb. This team is ready to rock. Ballard has done an amazing job. I mean, just go look at the trade for Yannick Ngakwe. He got a guy that produces at least eight sacks a year for, for an inconsistent corner in Rocky scene. He did that straight up. Fleeced Josh McDaniels. Fleeced him. So, yeah, I absolutely love Indies. Okay. So, I love their offseason. So, I love their offseason. I think they had a great uh, – you, you, you look at what they did and who they added, what they replaced. I think that was really good. I think it's probably the best in this division. Um, my concern – really is I just I'm I'm stuck at I'm just stuck with where this team wants to go. I'm just stuck. What are you the talking re, the reason, about? The reason the reason the reason, the reason, I, the reason I'm stuck. The reason I'm stuck. And hear, hear me out. I mean you need to screw me on this. Hear me out. Okay. So should Alec Pierce genuinely be a lock it in starting wide receiver? Yes. I, I don't. I don't believe that. I think if you're a contender, you have a better option than Alec Pierce by week one. Oh my gosh! You may. Okay. You may get. You may get a better. You may get a better. You may get him to be really good, but I don't like it for week one. Especially if I'm a if if, if I'm a team that the Colts aspire to be. And I and I and I guess my point is, I you know picking a tight end, okay, whatever. It's been a weakness of yours for a long time. I I get it, Bryce. I'm not. But but I guess I just don't understand what. When I follow the money and I follow your, your the last couple of draft picks, that doesn't add up to me. It doesn't add up to me why you re-signed Mo Ali Cox. You drafted a tight end two years ago, year ago, in Granson, but you don't ever play him. So you've never really given him any opportunities. And then you just drafted a guy, Jelani Woods, 
And I guess my point, Bryce, is <laughs> what's the point of playing Moala Cox? And what was the point in drafting Grants if you're never going to play it? That doesn't it make is. sense to me. That but if, but if it worked, but if it pans out, then then what? But how can all three be on the field? How can all? Three I don't be think on all field? three are going to be on the field. I think I think Ballard knows by now if if Granson's the real deal or not, and he knows if Mo Alley, what Mo Ali Cox's strengths and weaknesses are. Well, I think Mo Ali Cox is a starting level tight end. I've been a huge advocate of that, and you know I have. I've I have too. Advocate of him being a starting level tight end. But if Woods is better, then Woods is better. I'd still think they're giving him a shot. Oh. No, they're not. They're not giving Morelli Cox a shot. They're not. They're, they're, they're always trying to figure out a way to platoon him. They're not giving him the opportunity. We'll see you in the playoffs. We'll see you in the playoffs. And, and, then, and then here's, and we'll here's, the here's, my, here's my other thing. Well, you should make the playoffs. You should make the, you should make the playoffs in this division. You absolutely should. And, and, and I get, you know, and I, I think they nailed some things. I like the pick with Cross. I think it helps him. Obviously, depth in the secondary is important. They're not going to have to go pick up Andrew Sandejo. Hopefully, they're going to never have a nice again. Book. They're you know I, I I there's some things I like. I just question. I just question what they're trying to do. Like the offensive tackle has a chance to you know kill it. Kind of came out of the middle of nowhere. Bradley did. I, I like what he can do. I like what Rama can do. I think you know that's an opportunity for the Colts to really take advantage of a. Up and coming left tackle who has mega mega talent, um, who could come in and step right in, and, and that's a risk that I'd be willing to take for sure. That's probably my favorite pick that they made. Uh, but but I, I guess my question is, and I and I just I just want the Colts to do something else with wide receiver. I just do, and I just I I feel like they are not giving Morale Cox a shot. Campbell Campbell's that. healthy, dude. No, you're ridiculous. No, you're no, no. Campbell ridiculous. Campbell eight seven hundred yards and five touchdowns. Lock it in. I'm not, I we'll let that, we'll just let that stand. Next up, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, they, they were the uh, number one pick. Uh, they, they had, they, they, they went out, they got, they didn't go get Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, they didn't get Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, the Jaguars went a different direction. And, and I don't need to repeat all this to you for all these fans out there, but Bryce, you know, <laughs> this, this, it confuses me sometimes when teams draft for potential when you have no stability. So like, I guess in your mind, in your mind, what did you see about the Jaguars draft? Like, what did you think? What did you look at? What did you, did it I change saw, opinion? I saw the GM win the owner GM battle. And I still see them. I still see Trent bulky as an absolute clown. You, you have cornerstone pieces, right? You have your cornerstone pieces on offense. You, you go out and you spend all, all, all of your money in the first wave of free agency instead of being patient. And you overpaid guys like Christian Kirk. You made Brandon Scherf. Who, this is actually good. I mean, you made Brandon Scherf the highest paid right guard in the league. Which makes sense, in my opinion. It's very good. You fi- you finally give a contract to Cam Robinson. That's Should have been done a long time ago. I agree. Um, but some of this, some of the offseason stuff for for Jackson, I thought they they had a horrible offseason oh. in free agency. They overpaid for some guys. Yes, they got some guys, some good guys that that are going to help their team. I agree. But they overpaid for like all of them. 
And then you draft a guy with that's a little bit of a project with potential instead of clear cut talent. That's going to help you this year. And then what, what do you do the rest of the draft? I don't know. Uh-huh. You, you draft Devin Lloyd and at the end of the first round, a linebacker, when you just gave um, Ola Kune uh-huh. the bat, the absolute bag from yeah, Atlanta. They yeah, they did. Why, why even spend a first round pick? Yeah, you you draft a running back in the fifth round. You have ETN and James Robinson. I agree. That made no sense to me. I, I don't understand. They, I agree. They draft a center who they, they have a very solid center already. This draft was terrible. It, it was absolutely terrible. Bulky, bulky is all in now, and he's going to find himself uh, getting the sack. He's going to be a great get the sack candidate for our upcoming season. Yeah, he, he, he could honestly be setting this franchise back four to five years, Bryce. At least he's protecting uh, the, the main asset in Trevor Lawrence. At least he's got that done. Yes. But yes. From the players he's bringing in, yes. But you're not protecting the financial asset of Trevor Lawrence. No. That's, that's, so I agree with you. They are bringing in players that are better than what they've had in spots that they've needed. But the great advantage to a guy like Trevor Lawrence is he's a very highly talented quarterback who's on a rookie contract. And everybody talks about how rookie contracts are so important when you're developing great teams. And the Jaguars are going to be a year, you know, in a year where, you know, you've got to be able to, you know, show something. And, and Trayvon Walker, I mean, I personally think his upsides, he's got upside. Absolutely. This is, this is not, but the Jaguars are not in the business of, I don't understand this price. The, the Jaguars are not in the business of upside. They need to be in the business of stability. They need to be in the business of stability. Yeah. That's not a knock when you, against when you, Trayvon Walker. Right. When you draft in the middle of the rounds, that's when you can draft for some right, potential. Right. And, 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 and maybe if you're a team that was showing or, you know, or showing some things and, you know, a guy like Trayvon Walker with his potential could really change something. Like, I don't, Hutchison to me, I just felt very firm on the idea that that should have been the number one pick for them from a stability standpoint. And from a reliability standpoint, because that's what you want in your number one pick. You want a reliability. You know, you want a guy that can come in and be a great passer for you. And I honestly think he'll be a very good one for a long time. Uh, I honestly, I don't, I like Devin Lloyd, but like you said, Bryce, when you follow the financial resources, that just doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, in general, I, I agree. I was lost at this draft. I've been lost at their off season. Uh, I don't understand Christian Kirk. I, I don't, I don't really understand um, what they're really doing at wide receiver. I'm, I'm lost at, at that. Um, I, and Christian Kirk's never going to be a number one receiver. So what, like, how are you going to get better at that position? Uh, tight end, whatever. Um, the, the way that I would positively see Jacksonville next season, they're not going to do it, but, the, but I'm just trying to think positively. The only thing I could see Jacksonville doing that potentially would work is figure out formations where Robinson and ETN are both on the field, and that's just Ew. go all in. Ew. That's the only way they're going to get better. Only way they're going to get better. Because those are your two best offensive weapons, and one of them could potentially 
not be in the game because of the other. So you have to decide, okay, how are you going to go about this? How are you going to attack this? We'll see. Who knows? Uh, next up, uh, the Tennessee Titans. Oh my gosh! Uh, you got you got you traded AJ Brown. You you let go of you know you know no Julio Jones this season. It's just so much, so much going on. Um, I just I just think this is a Titans team that, um, not intentionally. Uh, but honestly, it feels like they have kind of sort of conceded this division to the Colts because I just don't see how these moves make them better. Oh, boy. Yes. So uh, they trade for Robert Woods, who is uh, 30 years old and coming off an ACL injury. So who knows what that's going to look like? I like him, but not not in the role that they're going to put him in. No. And then you you vow that you're not going to trade A.J. Brown. This comes from the head coach and comes from the general manager. And guess what? On draft night, you trade A.J. Brown, basically essentially to draft Traylon Burks, who is now having breathing issues and is out of shape for rookie minicamp. This is going this is going very well for the Titans. And on top of that, you draft Malik Willis. To, to essentially replace Ryan Tannehill, even though Tannehill is still the starter right now. How many times have we seen this before? Too many. <laughs> and then you draft Hassan Haskins in the fourth round. Yes. Because Derrick Henry is, mark my words, Derrick Henry is on the decline this year. Hmm. Coming off an injury like that, he was not the same when he came back. He's still a threat, yes, but I don't think he's going to be the Derrick Henry of old. Sure. This franchise cannot continue to I, rely on him. I agree. AJ Brown hit a lot of stuff and got you some wins that you probably shouldn't have won last season. Well, guess what? He is no longer there. Robert Woods is not AJ Brown caliber. Traylon Burks is not going to be AJ Brown caliber. Yeah. And I don't think you have a, a quarterback that can carry you either in, in Willis or Tannehill. Take your pick. Oh, wow. The Colts wow. are going to run away with this division. I, I think the Titans, I, I just, I just don't get what they're trying to do to be completely honest. Like you, I guess you, like, do they just not think AJ Brown's a, do they just think that he's, I don't think they want to pay him. I don't, I, I think they just didn't want to pay him. That's so lousy. Like Bryce, you're, yeah, I mean, to kind of go along with your point you made earlier, A.J. Brown was, in my opinion, the top player on the Tennessee Titans offense. You get rid of him, what's your long-term future? And you're a team that – you're a team with the core of players that you have, and I, you would agree with me on this. You're a team with the core of players that you have that should be set on winning. You're not young. The Titans are not a young team. They should be set on trying to keep contending, keep winning divisions. I don't see how this deal does that. Um, I don't see how, you know, letting AJ walk does that. Uh, I don't see, um, I agree with you 100% on Henry. You can't keep relying on him. And it's not because it's not great. It's just because you got to be smart with the usage. And, I, I, man, I really, really, Honestly, hard offseason to fathom from the, from the Tennessee Titans and their fan base. And, and at some point, like if you're a fan, like it's it's hard. If, if the, I would have to think it's extremely difficult for a fan to sit there and 
be like, man, you know, I can't even trust my coach with a word he's saying about my best player. Or my GM. Or my GM. I can't trust a single word they're saying, Bryce. That's my best player. That's my best player. And they can't can't even be honest with me about my best player. I mean, that, that would make me sad and angry and disappointed. If I was a Tennessee Titan fan, and I, and I think AJ Brown um, gave a lot to that city and deserved more respect from the team, and it should have been handled a different way by Vrabel and Robinson. And, and so Tennessee, I agree, they're not winning the division. Uh, next up, uh, Houston Texans. Uh, you know, and the Houston Texans are what they are. They are not a top team. They are not going to sit there and sneak up on us and make the playoffs. Uh, they went out. They got Lovey Smith. I don't really understand the hiring of Lovey Smith, considering the fact that they had Cully. Cully was a part of Smith's staff. If you're going to move into or sorry, Smith was a part of Cully's staff. If you were going to go get a different coach, you should have gotten something completely out of the curveball. They didn't. That was awful. Um, I, I'm just confused, Bryce, at their free agency and the decisions that they made there. But to be honest with you, I, I like their draft, but I don't really think it matters because they, they have just been – it just, again, we're sitting there in this no-man's land. What are you doing? Yep. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you, but I think they have a good base. I think they have a good base. I think they reached a little bit on Stingley, uh, but it's still a good pick I like overall. Him. I, really I like, like him. him. I, I like him, but I thought it was a bit of a reach at three. Yes, yes. Um, they got the top-rated offensive guard in the draft yes, at 15. Yes. yes. Um, I think John Mechie is an interesting piece at wide receiver. Christian Harris, interesting linebacker linebacker peer, uh, linebacking piece. Yes. And yes. then Damian Pierce from Florida, the running back, I think can – can be a guy that can contribute as well. I think yes. they had a, I think they had a good draft. Yeah. Um, to I your point, I, I really enjoyed their draft. Yeah. Um, I think Casario did, did a very nice job, uh, but it, it's just, you have to figure out what you have in Davis Mills. I agree. That's, I mean, that's the biggest thing. And then I you agree. need, you need another, another cornerstone piece or two, one, especially on the defensive end in the, in terms of pass rush. You got it because because you're not going to sign a big time vet, no, unless you trade for one, right? Which good luck, good luck, yeah, good good luck with that. Good luck with that. I mean, in my opinion, I think the Colts got the biggest fleece of the off season, getting a pass for a guy that that is recorded at least eight sacks yeah. every season. Yeah, for Rocky scene. I mean, that's a fleece. Yeah, yeah. So thank you very much. I, so it just it just goes to show. Um, I expect them to suck again and get a very high draft pick and yeah, get that piece that they're that they're looking for next yeah, season. I, I, yeah, they're not they're not trying to win now. I mean, there's no denying that. No. But I, 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 that's fair. That's fair. I mean, they are they are trying to get some guys in there who can help and take some pressure and, like you said, kind of start some sort of foundation. I agree with you. Mechie is a player that was worth the gamble for Houston. I really like that gamble a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think that's, that's smart. I think I agree with you on the offensive line. I like green. I think green's fine. I think you can have him and Tunsil and you can actually have a really good left side of the offensive line. I honestly don't think their offensive line's that bad. When you look at the depth chart anyway, that's not awful. Their, their defense, their, their deep, I agree with you, their defense, especially their front four is, uh, and maybe you could argue the linebackers too are complete jokes. You, you've it's got bad. to be able to fix that. 
I, I agree with you on Christian Harris. I think that's good value. And he might have something in the tank uh, to give this team uh, in terms of, you know, giving you starters levels production. Uh, I think the fact that they went out and got Steven Nelson is not horrible. Uh, I, I don't understand letting Justin Reed go, but at the same time, they did him dirty. So I think it was smart that Justin Reed left. And, you know, when I look at the Texans, um, you know, I, 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 they're not going to be good. There's no denying it. Uh, but they, I agree, they have made steps in the right direction. Uh, I like this draft a lot. I was really, I really like this draft. Honestly, Bryce, this is probably my favorite draft in the division uh, because they just thought that they really set themselves up for, you know, I'm not talking like 10 and 6 record or whatever, but I just, you can, you can kind of see where some talent falls at. Right. It's, mm-hmm. it's so obvious. It's vivid. You know, I really think about it. Like, you know, I think Stingley's going to be really good, like you said. And, and so I like what they're doing. I think next year, obviously, they're going to have to go right back to the well. We're going to have to answer this question again. But I think it was a really good draft. It's my favorite draft in, in the AFC South. So, uh, Bryce, uh, we are, you know, going to continue to do uh, the, these type of segments. Uh, we'll talk about the playoff series. Uh, we'll talk about free agency next time. Uh, you know, and then we'll, we'll switch it over. We'll do some, you know, one AFC, one FC, keep switching it up. Uh, might as well. We just did AFC South. Might as well do NFC South while we're already at it. Saints, Tampa, Carolina, and Atlanta. Top draft picks, quarterbacks unretiring, quarterbacks signing for $375 million to, you know, to, to their TV companies. Uh, you know, Bryce will have all of that. Bryce and I'll have all that for you uh, next week on Linsanity. But enjoy this one. Uh, Enjoy the content that the network is giving, and uh, yeah, I hope you have a great week.